0: It's a thing. It is hardwired and woven into the very air we breathe in our society that we're meant to have a really complicated, shameful relationship around feeling good and being in our body. And this is not an accident. I don't know who started it, but it is by design. That we now live in a world where sex, feeling good, taking up space, having body confidence, showing off your body, feeling good in your body is seen as something that is like repugnant or dirty. And we're meant to feel really bad for pleasure. And that is the scale of pleasure. That's everything from owning our orgasms and our most sexual, sensual, liberated self all the way down to the spectrum where we're just meant to feel bad for like taking a nap on a Saturday, okay? So we really can understand how deep and wide this goes Whenever we want to find out what's something that's really powerful, look to the thing that is the most repressed or oppressed by society, the thing that has the most restrictions, the things that has the most like desecration and disrespect. That's where you can find the things that are the most powerful. Why, hello, hello, my cosmic baddies. Back for another solo episode. We're going to do a little cosmic coaching tip and tool to honor the end of Taurus season. Yes, we are talking about the importance of pleasure in your everyday life, why it's so powerful, why it's so potent, and why it's rebellious. I'm excited to dig into this. It's been a minute since I've done a solo episode. I've been with my husband in Cleveland. He had to get heart surgery. I so appreciate everyone's prayers and thoughts and good vibes and pause energy in my DMs and emails. And I'm just so lucky, so blessed. He's doing great. Thank the goddess. We are super grateful for doctors, his surgeons, nurses, the whole staff, everyone at Cleveland Clinic. I really just want to say thank you. If you're an like essential frontline worker and you work in a hospital, you're a caregiver, at any point in that operation you touch it, I just want to say like I bow down to you. I honor you. I'm just sending you all the love from my little heart and you deserve the most because Holy shit, your job is hard and it's important and I don't know what I would have done without y'all. I hope this sounds okay. I'm in a uh, hotel suite and there's some commotion in the hallway. So before we get into the coaching and strategy tips to help you change the world and shake shit up, first, just a few announcements. I did want to say thank you again for the amazing support. Y'all, I remember years ago reading something about like, is prayer real? Does it work? Blah, blah, blah. And of course, I've been like praying since I was a small girl. I've had a different relationships through prayer my whole life. But there is something that is so real about people just thinking about you and sending you love and holding you in this like divine grid work in this field of light. Like you literally feel it like holding you up and picking you up in the moments where you're just like, wow So thank you. Also, I wanted to thank you all because as of the time of this recording or yesterday when I checked, we had over 23,000 downloads of this little cookie crazy podcast. And I'm like, what the actual what? That is freaking crazy to me. Um, we started this Audrey, my business partner, I'd super passionate about spreading the good word. You know, sharing some of the things that have changed our life, making spirituality—what did I just say? Astrology and spirituality, making it accessible and. Also amplifying voices of other powerful change makers and baddies that we know. You know, I was a little intimidated about creating a podcast. So it just is like deeply touching to have it do so well. And I love getting your ratings and your reviews and your DMs. So keep them coming. If you like the podcast, it really does help us out to leave a rating and review. I super appreciate it. I love reading them. They're so sweet and funny and y'all just like honestly crack me up keep them coming and we're about to pick our monthly winner for the one-on-one free reading with me so jump on in there get in there come on let's get it done i would love to sit with you and read for you check your cards, your chart, just shoot the shit. I love it. So leave that. We'll be pulling and selecting that winner in the next week. And we're going to do it again next month. So before we go further into Taurus season medicine, I wanted to address, let's see, a question. We have our Cosmic Hotline, our 1-800-COSMIC-RX Hotline. We have a voice line. You can leave messages. Or we have a type form where you can type things if you're like an introvert and don't want to connect over the phone. So I just like to answer one of these on these longer episodes. And a few weeks ago, I said I was going to do an episode about grounding. But then everything with my husband's surgery came up. And um, we just threw in some of our amazing interviews to kind of fill up that space because I did not have time to do a grounding episode. So I'm going to kind of go a little deeper into it here before I get into the pleasure episode. It's like a mini dive. We're not doing a deep dive into grounding, but I wanted to answer Trish from Canada had wrote in and said, hi, Maddie, this podcast is everything. I already read this, the building worthiness episode, but she said that some of us are awkwardly making our way through spiritual awakenings. What advice do you have for us to stay grounded, especially as we leave the Muggle way of seeing the world and move into such woo-woo beliefs? And this grounding question is super important to me. It's very Taurus season. It's probably one of my biggest life lessons is to learn to ground the F down my chart is very mutable. I have a lot of earth in my chart. I'm sorry, a lot of water. And the earth that I have is Virgo, which is definitely the most ungrounded of the earth signs because we are earth, but we are ruled by Mercury, which is fast moving thoughts, communication, cognition, getting downloads on the move, like we go, go, go. So every spiritual reading, every psychic reading, every healing session, every Akashic record reading, the message from my guides and from whoever wants to show up is always like ground down. Sweetie, you need to ground down because I can be all over the place. And especially the deeper I've gone into my spiritual path, it went from being like, this is something you should do to like, this is something you absolutely must do do. And maybe you're wondering, what does this mean to ground down? Well, staying ungrounded is like, we probably all know this feeling. It's not feeling centered. It's not feeling clear. It's like feeling like your mind is racing everywhere. You feel like you're starting things and stopping them without completing anything. You feel like you can't be present. During conversations, you feel like you're forgetting things. You feel like you can't sleep, but you also feel lethargic and drowsy all at once. You could feel super anxious when you're ungrounded. And unfortunately, it's just a really big waste of your energy when you're ungrounded. It's like you're leaking energy everywhere. So no matter how many ideas you have or how much brilliance or genius you have, it's like you can't really get things off the ground when you're ungrounded, you just feel really unfocused, you feel really flaky. And why this is so important, especially, you know, for us going through the past, you know, 2020, 2021, when we're in like tumultuous times, we really need to stay grounded. And again, if you're on your spiritual path, and you're awakening to your spiritual gifts and powers, you really need to ground. I think we all know, how do I put this in a nice way? But like, older new age teachers or people who are new agey like hippy dippy people you know you go into your local crystal shop It smells like patchouli or if you you know hooked up with like a i don't know a yoga teacher or Reiki person, you know, when you're younger and you met someone, you're like, wow, they're really cool. They're really into all this healing work and chakras and breath work and consciousness. But then they're like super all over the place or really unreliable or basically just tapped out of your consensual reality. That's because a lot of in like the 80s, 90s, new age teachings you go to, they were really focused on like the upper chakras and focused on like meditation and Astral projection and third eye and crown and heart chakra and those are beautiful. But we are spiritual beings having a human experience. So we need to ground, we need to focus on our root, you know, our sacral, our solar plexus, we need to focus on our body, we need to keep our feet in the present moment on earth. And also most importantly, um, this is for your personal health, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, but it's also so you can do things and be of service. Like We're meant here to be spiritual, but we're also meant to be, you know, actively involved in changing society. And when you're ungrounded, you're not reliable. You can't run a business. You can't show up for people. You can't affect positive change. So grounding is really, really important. Some of my favorite ways to ground, doing a body scan throughout the day, just noticing your body, noticing where I feel tension, pain, anxiety unclenching my jaw, softening my face. Like I literally visually like imagine my hips opening up because like, sometimes when I was younger, and I, I still can do it now, you can find myself like leaving my body. And this could come from a lot of things, disassociation. it can come from again being a more watery or airy type person, especially if you have a lot of water and air in your chart, you might leave your body. It can come from trauma, of course. uh, And sometimes not even maybe like capital T trauma, but just the trauma of being a really open, sensitive, empathetic person. There's a lot of suffering in the world and there's a lot of discomfort in the world. So at a young age, you might have learned to just kind of like leave your body or check out because you don't want to experience that. So Doing a body scan and then after scanning the body, doing something to get into your body, doing some inhaling, exhaling, letting things pass. Ask, what do I need right now? And for me, this is really big. It's then just remembering that you have a physical body. Number two. It's like a larger conversation that was asked about, you know, grounding into your spiritual change in the muggle world, but like the grounding, it really goes into the day to day. You got to stay grounded. You got to remember that you have a physical body. I have a really funny relationship with food. I love food. I love to eat. But when I'm in a really ungrounded state, I like forget I have a body. Like I forget to drink water. I forget to eat. And especially when I'm in like go mode or high ideation creativity mode, it'll be like 4 p.m. I'm like, oh my God, I haven't eaten. And then I eat too much and I crash. So I would say you know, doing a body scan, one, two, then asking your body, like, what do I need? And checking on the, you know, kind of houseplant basics. Do I need fresh air? Do I need water? Probably yes to both. Do I need something to eat? Do I need to even like lay horizontal or close my eyes for 10 minutes if that's fine? just being really aware of your physical body. And then another way that I love to ground is obviously working with crystals. Dark crystals are very grounding. Tourmaline, obsidian, smoky quartz is one of my favorite. I always call smoky quartz is like my negative, low vibe, like dehumidifier. Like it really is very protective. So I keep that on me when I travel. I put in my bra. I keep it in my like readings whenever I'm doing like events or I used to do events pre-2020. I'd always have this like big ass smoky quartz near me, but you could have smaller ones. And you could also put them in your shoes if you get ungrounded. My teacher, Maureen Dodd taught me this years ago. She said that she would wear like heavy shoes, like clunky boots around the city. And she would put like tourmaline in them. I love that. Uh, Red jasper is very grounding. Anything that's like dark, black, brown, dark red stones. Those are great. Okay. Those are your BS friend in terms of grounding. Some of my other favorite ways to ground, honestly, just stepping away from the phone. I find technology and devices are very ungrounding because there's a lot of stimulation going on, a lot of things to process. And it's like your mind is just running around the second you pick up a phone, look at a screen. So just spending like an hour away from your phone, taking those breaks and some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today which is just going to be about appreciating like your five senses and uh, life's simple pleasures and you know, soaking in the warmth of the sun on your face uh, drinking in the smell of your coffee like the things that just help you slow down are all really good for staying grounded. Uh, there's so many things that I would attribute to helping myself stay grounded and the other thing that I want to say on the larger scale If you're going through a spiritual shift and you're changing and you're adapting your lifestyle is community, finding other people who recognize and see the journey that you're on and understand it. And you can talk things out loud with whether they're super like mystical things like weird intuitive downloads or signs or symbols or synchronicities that are happening to you. Talking about them with someone else is really important. And it's really important to have a place where you can go and share these experiences. And if you're looking for a community, you know, we have our Cosmic Fit Club and the community is reopening in June. But you can also go on like meetup in your city or town. There's a lot of different groups out there and there's way more spiritual people around you than you realize. I hope that helps, Um, but staying grounded is so important. And I think this whole episode is going to also kind of lend itself to that conversation. And another reason why I really love everything around staying grounded and everything around this conversation around pleasure and everything that we talked about in the building worthiness episode, it's all really important. It's all like a middle finger. It's all an antidote to grind culture to our societies like hustle bustle work your ass off burn yourself out you know if you're not busting your ass then you're not you know doing it whatever it is life these are all things that help us resist that curse of busyness, resist that super toxic like capitalist mindset that has led so many people in our society to be completely you know, left in an unhealthy space of like, dis-ease mentally, physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually. So grounding is super important, all right? All right. Okay, so that leads me into... Pleasure. Pleasure is a rebellion. Your pleasure and owning pleasure and reclaiming it is one of the most powerful things you can do. And it may sound a little like woo woo or airy fairy or light. Like, I don't know. There's all these like goddessy Instagram accounts that are just about like, own your pleasure. And it's like very beautiful. We might look at it and be like, yeah, I don't have time to do that. Or I don't know what that even means. Or, sure, I do. But like, Truly, making a pleasure a priority in my life was so game-changing to me years ago, and it's really pragmatic, and it's really actually quite practical, owning your pleasure, and it's just revolutionary. It really is. So I'm going to talk about that, and whenever I talk about These cosmic coaching tips, I always want to just preface them by saying that these are not about fixing yourself. This is not about being overwhelmed. To be in this like self help, self growth grind, I just. Ugh, there's so much I like the self-help industry that honestly just makes me roll my eyes like you're enough you really are you are enough you have enough you do enough sometimes we just need to remember things about ourselves or like peel back certain layers or shift our perspective or have a new tool and if this feels good to you I invite you to like try these practices but if you're just like no I'm good then just you're good you are good (laughs) I know it sounds funny. I'm like, listen to this, but don't have this information. But also like, if you don't need it, that's fine too. And I really want to say like, this is not about fixing anything by yourself. It's just about continuing the journey of finding your true self, finding that essence, finding that part of you that knows that life isn't perfect. It's not easy, but it doesn't have to be hard. And there can be actually a certain amount of grace and ease in which you move through life. And you connect into that part of you that knows that life is about flow over force. And that that's just all I hope this activates in you is a remembrance of that at the very core. So pleasure. Why is it important? Well, before we get into why it's important, let's talk about the lengths that society has gone to in an extreme effort to suppress us from the idea of pleasure. And yes, of course we're talking about the root of we're talking about pleasure is about connects to our sexual pleasure. In Airy Season I did an episode about shame and purity culture. You can reference if you need, but it's a thing, it is hardwired and woven into the very air we breathe in our society that we're meant to have a really complicated, shameful relationship around feeling good and being in our body. And this is not an accident. I don't know who started it, someone probably 2,000 years ago, but it is by design that we now live in a world where sex, feeling good, taking up space, having body confidence, um, showing off your body, feeling good in your body is seen as something that is like repugnant or dirty or something that is supposed to invite in judgment opinions from other people. And we're meant to feel really bad for pleasure. And that is the scale of pleasure. That's everything from owning our orgasms and our most sexual, sensual, liberated self all the way down to the spectrum where we're just meant to feel bad for like taking a nap on a Saturday. Okay. So we really can understand how deep and wide this goes. And when we see how much Whenever we want to find out what's something that's really powerful, look to the thing that is the most repressed or oppressed by society, the thing that has the most judgment, the thing that has the most restrictions, the things that has the most like desecration and disrespect, that's where you can find the things that are the most powerful. And just like I mentioned in the purity culture and shame episode, the more i like intersection of identities that you carry that are oppressed, the more you're gonna feel this. So I am an able-bodied, cisgendered white woman, straight white woman. So I experience this on some level as a woman. But the more, like I said, identities you carry, the more you're gonna feel this. And the more you're gonna have to actively work to peel this back and to reclaim your innate power. And it probably means And by probably, I mean definitely, the more of those identities you carry, the more powerful you are. So that's just my little preamble into this. But it is deeply, deeply powerful to own your pleasure because pleasure is quite literally healing from a scientific point of view, from a neurochemical point of view. When we're in a pleasure state, we are more receptive. We are feeling into more chemicals that literally help Heal our body, transmute things that you know hurt and harm our bodies, and um we're in a more and balanced a uh, physical and mental state. and pleasure also makes us feel present for anyone who's read any kind of spiritual text that all of your power is in the present moment. All of your power relies on you feeling present, and that's why a really you know big way people. In society and you know the powers that be try to take away people's power is by having them like distracted and unfocused and worrying about silly things or stressed about things like money, resources, because when you're distracted, and that's why I think like the whole nine to five, five day work week, and by nine to five, I mean like seven to seven, it's just to keep us very unpresent. Our energy is pulled in a million different directions. And one of like, the biggest ways to start that present moment awareness is by allowing yourself to feel and to feel good. And to not resist that. And it's also powerful because when you allow yourself to feel pleasure, you're also saying to yourself, like, I'm worthy of that. And I get to then dictate, you know, what feels good to me and what doesn't. And then I take on more consent in my own life. I can say that doesn't feel good in my body. So I'm going to say no to that. I don't, I'm not ready for that. I'm going to say no to that. And even like your intuition is accessed through your body, through your body's wisdom. And the more that you learn to feel good, you also learn, "Hmm, that feels bad. That's a hit for my body that's saying no. So pleasure, the practice of bringing more pleasure into you makes you open, receptive, healthy, yummy, powerful, but it gives you the ability to know what your yes is and what your no is and to advocate for that. So pleasure is big. It's more than just like, mm, yum, that feels good. Yay for me. I'm going to give some references of some amazing thought leaders and authors and experts in this field who have helped me understand this a lot. But I would say like one of the godmothers of this um, way of thinking for me is Audre Lord. Oh my God, like her teachings will blow your mind if you haven't read them. And one thing that she said and taught us is that when we understand who we are as sexual beings, we will no longer settle for oppression, for suffering or for pain. So when we lean into this pleasure, we're doing it not only because it's our divine birthright as sacred Beans, but we're also doing it because it's an act of rebellion and it's an act of co creating a new, better future for ourselves. For our communities, for our families, for the generations to come. All right. So this is important. That's my pep talk about why pleasure is freaking important. I didn't mention it in the Building Worthiness episode. But if Aries season is about like cultivating bad bitch energy, the next step to me in that bad bitch evolution is we talk about worthiness, but it's almost like owning your sacred rebel. Taurus has a lot of archetypes associated with it. But really, when it comes down to it, I think about Taurus as this sacred rebel, you know, sacred, connected to the earth, but wanting to protect and nourish the things that are not always protected, namely like the earth and your body. And sacred rebel is like, owning pleasure of power I think about sacred rebel is really like tied into like the pleasure priestess archetype and sacred rebel is like there is some like this fixed energy in the Taurus season wherever you have Taurus in your chart and there's something that has so much conviction there and it's so grounded and it's so like solid so I invite us all to tap into this and you can look at where you have Taurus in your chart to understand this and Taurus lives life so sensually so connected to the 5 senses. And that alone is this big rebellion, especially in modern times where we're really in our heads so much and we're taught to be in our heads and we're taught to be overworked and we have way too much being thrown at us. And it's just a rebellion just to like be like, no, I want to be in my body. I want to be in nature. I want to kind of disconnect and I want to peel back the things that keep me numb and I want to step back into the juicy aliveness of being in my body. Okay. So sacred rebel is one of like the Taurus, my personal Taurus archetype that I work with my clients and our cosmic boss program. And it all feeds into this larger conversation. We talked about worthiness. Worthiness is definitely like goes hand in hand with pleasure. All right. Because the more pleasure you give to yourself, the more worthy you're telling yourself you are. And the more worthiness you cultivate, the more pleasure you're inviting into your life. And you're giving yourself permission to feel pleasure because you're like, hey, I'm worth it. So it's a virtuous cycle, worthiness and pleasure. They feed into each other. And I want to really just talk about like, just some of the ways in which we're like, programmed in our society to resist pleasure. Okay, so let's just start off with in terms of expressions around pleasure, when we talk about pleasure, how do we talk about it? Words are so important. We're going to talk about that for Gemini season, but the words we use are so important. And I just had a really weird, mid- like, Midwestern accent when I said that. I think I've been in Ohio too long. The word that's associated with pleasure most often is guilty, right? When we talk about pleasure, we say guilty. Oh, that shows my guilty pleasure. That snacks my guilty pleasure. Like I'm like, whoa! This hit me years ago. I'm like, ninety percent of the time, I'm talking about pleasure, it's has that guilty attached to it. So I think it was like Miss Pink who said, "None of my pleasures are guilty." In an interview in the early 2000s, early aughts, and I just want you, as the first step into inviting more pleasure, I want you to release guilty pleasure from your vocabulary, and I want you to start thinking about grounded pleasure. Okay, back to that grounded thing. There's a reason why, you know, when we talk about guilty pleasures, yeah, some of them are not so great. You know, if we talk about like chain smoking or abusing our body with drugs, alcohol, food, maybe binge watching TV to the point where we feel like detached and numb, like there are definitely guilty pleasures. I see when we use that expression. But we want to look at why we do those things, and I really believe that we reach for those guilty pleasures that are these unfulfilling like junk foodie pleasures because we don't allow ourselves to feel enough of this grounded pleasure that's nourishing, so we kind of get to this breaking point, and we just want to do something that's more about I would say escapism or numbing or dulling ourselves versus actually pleasure, which is actually about igniting ourselves and lighting ourselves up and illuminating ourselves, okay, and stepping into that power of pleasure. So I wanted to think about your guilty pleasures, you know, what of them are guilty, what of them aren't, like, and I want us to start filing them away into, you know, how can we reframe them as grounded pleasure? And how can we Begin to release that one G word, the guilt of it, okay? And I think we feel that way because a few things. I read an article. Uh, written by this neuroscientist, Morton Kringelbach from University of Oxford, a book called The Pleasure Center. There's an excerpt in an article. And they talked about guilt exists in our brain because it's like a built in stop valve so that we can stop ourselves from overindulging in certain things that can like hurt our body if we did them too much. So, again, primarily like the start of guilt was to protect us in some way. Like all things, like all of our shadow emotions, energies and aspects of ourselves. there's a protective nature to it. I want us to think about, okay, how can we begin to rewrite the story around pleasure and release some of that guilt? And how can we allow ourselves to receive? Okay, because we have to be aware of, especially in Western society, is we are very influenced by capitalism and productivity and this concept that we always have to be on and working in order to be worthy of anything. And we're not taught to take moments of feeling good, of rest. And a lot of this is very ancestral too. A lot of us came from people and, you know, families and backgrounds where there did have to be always working, they did always be working and there wasn't time for rest or pleasure because they had to survive and no one was giving them permission to do that. So we have to be aware that there's a lot of things at play with pleasure. But I want to invite you to begin to swap out, you know, this feeling that pleasure has to be guilty, into thinking about what are the things that make me feel grounded in my pleasure. And this is important not only on like your personal level, level and not only on this big like societal change maker level, but it's also important because. I think it helps your relationships, romantic and platonic. I think so many of us have been trained to kind of think about that we have to outsource our pleasure, whether that's sexual pleasure that, you know, our partner is supposed to be the one who can make us feel good and have orgasms that knock our socks off, or even just outsourcing our pleasure of like waiting for someone else to recognize us and make us feel good and celebrate us or treat us to something or cheer us on, or you know, make us feel good. And obviously, we do want to have that. We want to set the intention to invite that in, but it has to come from ourselves. We have to know how to make ourselves feel good. And we have to know what feels good to us before we can articulate that to someone else and advocate for that. Okay. And how we treat ourselves is, of course, how we set the bar for someone else to treat us. And we can't just look at someone and be like, make us feel good when. We don't know how to do that either. So don't outsource your pleasure. That's one of the first and, you know, just important cosmic Rx's I want to give you for today. You know, we're releasing the word guilt. So what does this mean? When you accomplish anything, you celebrate it, okay? Do you need to pick me up? Then do it. Let yourself feel good. Let yourself have pleasure for small things. Wake up today. Great. Treat yourself to something. Set a boundary at work. Throw yourself a goddamn party. You know, spoil yourself. Adorn yourself. Explore yourself. Explore your body. You are a goddamn luxury, okay? So, you have access to so much that can help you feel good, and don't save um, you know certain things for special occasions or other people. Open up that nice bottle of wine, use that bougie candle, you know, use that fancy body oil. Show yourself that you're worthy of your pleasure, okay? From you to you, first and foremost. The other thing is just letting yourself feel good, letting yourself hold on to positive emotions and feelings in your body as long as possible. What do I mean by this? Well, your know, Dr. Bernie Brown talks about joy is the most vulnerable emo- emotion we can feel because it's scary to feel good. So when you feel something that's good, you know, whether it's someone's like rubbing your back, whether you're feeling good about a compliment you just received, whether you're just feeling like the sun on your face, my invitation to you would be like, can you allow yourself to stay in that state and feel good 5% longer than you normally would? Can you hold that? Can you rebelliously just hold on to that feeling good instead of doing what we normally do, which is someone's rubbing our back and we're like, oh, like, let me rub your back or, you know, we get a compliment and we immediately then think about like, do they really mean it or remember that time someone didn't give me a compliment or uh, we're feeling good outside the sun's on our face. And we immediately are just like, Oh my God, did I put on my SPF today? (laughs) Or you think of like that email that you forgot to send four days ago. So my invitation to you is to allow yourself to feel pleasure for a little bit longer. And this is all stuff that I have struggled with. I still struggle with it. And you know, thing that I've had to release. I have a very Irish background on my dad's side of the family. Irish, Canadian, also Ugh, a lot of f- fisher fishermen, <laughs> cod fishermen on my dad's side of the family, and a lot of you know big families, lots of mouths to feed, brutal cold winters the whole the whole line you know back in the ancestral line so a lot of what's hardwired in me is that life has to be hard and life has to be a struggle and if I'm not busting my ass and running myself down you know burning myself out you know burning the midnight oil on both ends then I'm not working hard enough or that I don't deserve rest um so it's taken me a very long time to kind of rewire this I still You know, it's not a linear path. I still struggle with it. But certain things have been lifted. Like I just always had a low level anxiety at all times that I wasn't doing enough. And it kind of also ironically paralyzed me from doing a lot of things, which just uh, fed back into that cycle of anxiety. So I just want you to think about where do you put this pressure on yourself And even though you think that pressure might be the thing that's motivating you, how can you allow pleasure to motivate you? Like I want to do this thing because it feels good. How can I, when I'm about to write this email, I don't want to write for work. Can I light a candle? Can I take a deep breath? Can I relax my shoulders? Can I just gift myself like a juicy inhale and exhale while I do that? And can I maybe put on some fun music while I do it? Like this is a funny small example but this is important. We have so much resistance in life to certain things. And because I think we put this pressure on ourselves and it makes us super brittle and super clenched. And the opposite of that is pleasure. And pleasure is like pliable and it's open and it's allowing. So again, I just invite you to think about this and allow yourself to feel into all of this and know that the more pleasure you feel, It might feel like you're not being productive, but you are, and you're turning on way more channels for your personal power, for peace, for prosperity, for healing, for purpose for yourself in the process. So when we talk about pleasure, let's talk about some the different types of pleasure, all right? Obviously, when I think most people are polled about pleasure, they talk about sex, and that is very important so fucking lutely But there are other ways that we feel pleasure. In a poll, number one was sex. Number two people was being with friends. This is from that book that I mentioned, uh, The Pleasure Center. And the other thing after that was like eating and drinking. So there are three different types of pleasure that I want you to think about in your life. And just notice, you know, what in these categories gives you pleasure or if you need to actively search for more pleasure in one of these areas, but there's everyday pleasure. This is one of my favorite things to think about and talk about because you forget that everyday can offer you gifts if you slow down to receive them. And everyday pleasure is kind of like my favorite form of mindfulness. It really is. Like listen, I love doing meditations people. I love doing guided journeys. When it comes to actually sitting down and meditating, I'm awful. I'm shit at it because I have a very overactive mind. I'm very ungrounded. I prefer to do like a walking meditation. And I prefer to do a meditation that's about finding everyday pleasure. So this is about connecting to your five senses throughout the day. You know, running your fingers on your skin. Notice how that feels, like I said before, really like smelling your cup of coffee before you drink it. Noticing like the features on your partner's face, the way their eyes crinkle when they smile at you, listening to like the birds chirping and kids giggling on like a local playground while you're walking to work and just like noticing how it's all, it's all art, it's all music, it's all medicine, it's offering you something. It's like a practice I invite you to do is pick a day and gift yourself actively one gift through each of your senses. Okay. Like, you know, get a really bougie piece of dark chocolate and instead of just inhaling it mindlessly while you're, you know, doing a million things, sit down and like open it and listen to the crinkle of the foil open, feel the smoothness under your finger of the chocolate, like smell it, smell that like cocoa richness, like sweetness And then like put it on your tongue and notice how it feels and let the like warmth of your tongue melt this chocolate, let it dissolve all of its like yummy magic in your mouth and like just fucking go for it with this chocolate, okay? (laughs) And then similarly, how else can you treat your senses in that day? Maybe you come home instead of putting it on like your weird worn out sweats, which hashtag love you sweats. You're the real ones. You got us through quarantine. Maybe after you shower, you put on like something silky that feels yummy on your skin. You let yourself listen to cool like solfeggio sounds or interesting music throughout the day. Just thinking about cultivating this like pleasure scape around you for all of your senses. Okay. So that's everyday pleasure. And the different type of pleasure, the second type is sensual pleasure. Okay. So this is going to be about kind of what I said, but now it's almost like foreplay. It's taking everything I just said, but now elevating it to the point of like being present with your body and letting yourself almost get the tingles and the chills at it. Okay. Soaking in a relaxing bath, giving yourself a massage, getting a massage. Letting yourself feel like a feather on your skin, letting yourself just feel like the breath of like your partner on your you know neck when they're or asking them to like nibble on your ear. It's like this very slow, erotic, sensual pleasure. It's even like moving in that way, like moving through the room the way you walk, feeling your hips, the way you move, feeling like your body on your like against your clothing. It's also like wearing sexy, like, lingerie undergarments. Again, only for you to know, okay, maybe that silky negligee, everyday pleasure is like, mm, could like then Venn diagram into sensual pleasure too. <laughs> and then this is like, leads us to the third type of pleasure, which is sexual pleasure. And this involves, you know, anything around your sexuality, anything around making love, having orgasms, feeling good. But I do want to, you know, Set a few distinctions. It's not about penetration at all. And sexual pleasure, if you orgasm, great. That's a wonderful part of it. But it's not just about orgasms. It's not about a race to orgasming. It's not about collecting orgasms. Sexual pleasure is not about numbers. It's not about performance. It's not about pressure okay but it's allowing these parts of our bodies that have all of these tingly amazing magical nerve endings it's allowing them to receive and allowing them to send messages to our brain and of like yes like flooding your brain and body with these pleasure chemicals and it's like a spiritual experience okay like sexual pleasure is how i think we really bridge the gap to the physical and the spiritual it's like whoa, I can feel this way, my body can feel this way, like flying, but it does require us to be present, back to being present. Because too often, I know a lot of us can relate, sexual pleasure, sexual experiences can be very ungrounding. They can be very performative, they can be very wondering, you know, how do I look? What's going on? Does my partner feel good? Oh my God, I'm taking too long. All these things. And so we just want to think about like feeling really present back to that, you know, senses connecting to all your five senses. Do that next time that you're having a sexual experience by yourself or others. It brings you out of the mind into the body. Your mind is a boner killer. And I mean that inclusively, whatever your body part is, whatever body parts you have, whatever your anatomy is, your mind is like a boner killer your mind can be used to amplify the sexual experience through your imagination, through visualizations. Um, We'll talk about that in another episode. But I just want you to think about like dropping into your body, being really present with everything going on. Okay, so there you go. Those are the three different types of pleasure. The ways that we can invite more pleasure into your bodies, I just want to give you a few of my favorite ways to and some of the benefits of pleasure. So everything I just said, pleasure, pleasure. But I also want you to allow yourself to rest. This is big, okay? Giving yourself the pleasure of rest without being, you know, multitasking, without feeling guilty, without anything. That's like one of the first steps to inviting more pleasure in. Rest and pleasure go hand in hand. Allowing yourself to receive is a really important Tip and tool to cultivate more pleasure in your life, and I mean allowing yourself to receive compliments, allowing yourself to receive help, allowing yourself to receive pleasure from your partner without feeling like you have to give it immediately right back. Marisa Sullivan is an amazing healer, teacher, coach, uh, sexual empowerment coach that I love. Um, dear friends with her, um, you can find her on Instagram, and she talks about this like pleasure touch games where it's like, okay, you just tell your partner for four minutes, I'm just going to give you pleasure. And then you get to lay back and receive, and then you can switch after that. And this is a really fun practice if you have someone to do this with, because again, it helps you just be more present. Because I think so often if we're receiving pleasure, we feel immediately guilty for it and that we should be reciprocating it. And yes, in due time you should, but it's a gift to your partner when you just receive, when you let them just make you feel good. I promise you. Okay. So you're receiving a really big tip for cultivating more pleasure is just to slow it all down. Pleasure and sensuality is hinged upon slow speeds. Okay. Everything I just mentioned about everyday pleasure sensual sexual pleasure it's like it requires us to kind of slow things down and you know even when you think about like burlesque or someone doing a strip tease or someone being i don't know super sexy in a movie like they saunter right they like glide. they move in a slow way and they do everything really like the best strip teases i've ever seen i've been to a few burlesque shows in new york one that my sister was in it was amazing and like The art of slowing things down was so erotic. It brings you so into that physical moment. And again, like we're so hardwired to do things so fast to move a million miles a minute. But just slowing down is super, super key to inviting in more pleasure. Okay. Another tip, you got to open your throat. I mean, not in that way, but yes, that way too. <laughs> but I mean, using your voice to advocate for your pleasure. You know, Back to Taurus. Taurus rules the throat. And in order to have more pleasure in life, you're going to have to speak up for yourself at some point. Hey, I like it like that. I don't like it like that. More of that, please. And again, even just advocating for pleasure in your day-to-day life is super important. But advocating for your pleasure, again, like I said before, no one else is going to do it for you. So get really comfortable with telling people what feels good and what doesn't. And if you need something adjusted, speak on it. Okay. It's sexy. It's empowering. And if you're with the right people, they're going to love you and worship you for that. All right. Cause it takes the guesswork out. And also open your throat. If something feels good, like let it reverberate through your throat. There's such a connection through like the sacral chakra and the throat chakra. Um, so if something feels good, like, mmm. That's, that's how we make that noise. Mm, it's like our body's own tuning fork. It's like, yes, we are attuned to the experience of physical bliss right now. So like sigh, groan, scream, yell, like howl. Mm, making noises really helps amplify your pleasure. And also, if you're with the right person, they're gonna think it's really hot and really sexy because it's a gift to hear to someone in their pleasure, all right? So practice that alone if you want to, but I invite you to open up your throat and let your pleasure sing, let your pleasure resonate from you. You know, this also just kind of to sum it all up. I want you to think about self-pleasure, okay? Like self-pleasure, aka masturbation. I don't like that word. It's like so clinical, but thinking about giving yourself pleasure and not just for chasing orgasms, like I said, but to do it in a way that helps you reclaim and reconnect with who you are and what makes you feel good. Self-pleasure practice is one of the most important parts of my spiritual practice. And it's just about like, letting yourself feel good and treating yourself well okay there's a woman i follow oh my god what's her name i can't remember but on instagram and she talked about like femmes masturbating she's like don't do it like a dead what would she call it like the dead fish or something and she just was like when you're like come home you're tired you just like put your vibrator down your sweatpants and you're not moving i mean that's okay if you're tired but like also she talked about having your self-pleasure practice feel a little bit more sacred like you know. Like, how you would for a lover, like shower, put on a nice oil, put on nice music, and just set maybe a timer, like for 10 minutes, just to explore your body, give yourself a little temple massage, you run your nails up and down, like the inside of your forearms, like stretch, get juicy, feel good, and then like just explore your body and whatever it is your belly, your nipples, like cup your beautiful ass, you know, like it's like let yourself. Feel good. This is important. Your relationship with yourself and your body, your sexuality, your sensuality. I promise you, it was the most important relationship you'll have. Okay, and again, it's healing. It's empowering. Bringing more pleasure into your life is you know it relieves stress. You get to relieve all release all those the dose chemicals D O S E dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins, and it helps. Activate the parasympathetic, the rest and digest part of your nervous system instead of that old stress-inducing sympathetic nervous system where we do the fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. So this helps us relieve tension in your muscles. And I think we all have tension in our muscles, especially after this past year. Pleasure helps raise your vibration. It helps raise your frequency. It connects you, like I said, to that spiritual soul part of you. Pleasure helps fill up your cup. Okay. A lot of us just give and give and give and our energy gets super drained, which can lead to resentment, bitterness, disease, just all around like not feeling great in life pleasures, how you fill your cup, and that way you can give from that place of that over overflowing cup, right? Which is how we can make meaningful contributions to the world. Pleasure boosts your creativity, okay? Chronic stress, busyness, overscheduling, not nourishing ourselves, blocks our creative flow. So creating space in your schedule for pleasure creates space for more creativity. And pleasure, like I said, does lead to productivity. I hate the word productivity. It makes us sound like we're machines, but it is true that pleasure leads to more things getting done with less effort like working smarter, not harder. It's that feeling of like you get up from your desk and go for a walk and clear your head and feel the pleasure of air in your lungs, sun on your face, and you come back to your desk and you're like, oh, I feel so much better, right? Or after like a vacation, you feel clearer. That's important, okay? Pleasure boosts your health, your immune system. You know, uh, they say orgasms lead to a longer lifespan. Pleasure protects your heart, reduces pain. I know just even something... As small as physical touch is so healing, I got to see that you know firsthand here at the Cleveland Clinic Hospital. They offer reiki, and I met a bodywork specialist who just talked about the amazing effects he's seen of just laying hands on people after they've gone through surgeries and how it helps increase and speed up their recovery time so significantly. Okay, and then really pleasure is just gets you like turned on for life. Pleasure helps remind you that you're meant to have this juicy experience where you get to flirt with life, where you get to feel lit up, where your inner light is shining and you get to move out of that place of feeling like dull and detached into this place of feeling passionate, lit up, joy, energy, like, oh, yummy, yummy, amazing things. And this is what we want, you know, It also helps us feel more magnetic, which if you're anyone who's doing manifestation work, if you're anyone who's doing creative work, if you're anyone who's out there just trying to make an impact, doing things from a place of feeling turned on and lit up and magnetic, doors open, opportunities flow to you. People are like, whoa, what is that person on? Because I want some of it, right? It's just in our human nature to be drawn to people who are turned on, who are lit up. I guess my point I'm trying to make is that Pleasure is an investment in your future self. Pleasure is a way of, like I said, showing you that you're worthy. And pleasure is the ultimate middle finger, the ultimate rebellion to a society that tries to trick us into thinking that life has to be a struggle or that we don't deserve to rest or we don't deserve to feel good, that there is some kind of innate shame in us just Owning the rich, juicy experience of being in our sensual, sexual bodies. Okay? If you like this and you're feeling into it, I recommend as a Cosmic RX, Cosmic Prescription, make a list of 10 things that bring you pleasure. Pull out your calendar and schedule in a pleasure date with yourself, okay? Sometime in the next week and do some of those things on that list, all right? And I want you to cultivate a list, maybe in your phone, ongoing. What brings you pleasure? What makes you feel good in your body? And like I said, I dare you every time to hold on to that feeling of pleasure a little bit longer, okay? Hold on to it a little bit more every time. And if you want to read more about this, like I said, Marisa K. Sullivan, Audre Lord. I also love Pleasure Activism by Adrian Marie Brown, of course. And Esther Perel does great work talking about the importance of erotic experiences in our lives and in our relationships. All right, so if you want an affirmation, I love my affirmations. I love to leave myself little post-its and put reminders in my phone and a great one for this is just I deserve to feel good. Okay? Simple as that. And I allow every moment to be filled with pleasure. I am worthy of yummy, juicy pleasure. So remember... Pleasure is not something you have to earn. Pleasure is not something to feel guilty about. Pleasure is not something to be seen for special occasions. You are a goddamn luxury. But pleasure is not a luxury. Pleasure is just something you get to experience and invite in every day, in every moment. Okay? So live as if pleasure is abundant. Live as it's your birthright, because it is. And let me know how it goes, all right? I love hearing about your journeys. Slide into my DMs at Murphy. Tag me in a photo of you inviting in more pleasure. And I am so excited just to continue these talks with you and to go deeper season by season. I love empowerment and evolution by the zodiac season. It provides us with such a nice rhythm. If you're listening to this and it's outside of Taurus season, it still applies to you. Absolutely. Look at where you have Taurus in your chart. It's going to unlock the area of your life that you're going to experience more abundance and success through by tapping into more pleasure. Okay, so if it's in your 11th house, It's like your friend groups and your connections and your community will feel really unlocked the more pleasure you bring in. If it's in your seventh house, it's like the more pleasure you invite in, the more positive impact it will have on your relationships and partnerships and trust and intimacy. Okay, that's just my little astro tip I want to end on. So that's it. Pleasure is rebellion. Pleasure is your power. I will see you next time, everyone. Stay cosmic. I love you. Y'all just light me the F up. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic Rx, head on over to the CosmicRx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you cosmic baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.